Welcome to the Arthroscopy Association of North America's Arthroscopy Journal podcast. The views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of the Arthroscopy Association of North America or the Arthroscopy Journal. Welcome everyone, I'm Dr. Clay Nellie with TSAOG Orthopedics in San Antonio. Today I have the privilege of speaking with Dr. Austin Chen. Dr. Chen is a hip preservation specialist at Boulder Center for Orthopedics in Colorado and was the primary author on a paper entitled Return to Basketball After Hip Arthroscopy Minimum Two-Year Follow-Up, which was published in the October 2019 edition of the Arthroscopy Journal. Austin, thank you for joining me today. Clay, thank you very much for the invitation. Let's start by just going over maybe a little bit of the impetus and background for the study, and then maybe one or two of the main conclusions that you and your co-authors would like our listeners to take away from it. Yeah, absolutely. Basketball was considered a high-risk sport for failing to return to sport. And at the American Hip Institute, where I did my fellowship, they have a large uh, prospectively collected but retrospectively reviewed database of patients who were able to keep track of their Uh, specific sports. So we selected them out and provided exclusion criteria and ran the study that way. And uh, the results were somewhat as expected, but somewhat surprising. Uh, Expected in the fact that return to sport rate was uh, around 84%, which is between the 80 and 90 percentile where most People are returning to sport after hip arthroscopy. The surprising part was the number of patients, or I guess I should say the patients that were having total hip arthroplasty um, were on the younger side of things. And, that, and most of those, all of those patients were uh, over 40 years old. Yeah, it was interesting. I think it, the numbers were 9.7 or almost 10% uh, went on to a conversion to a total hip arthroplasty at an average age of 47.5 years. And so do you think that is just a factor of this particular uh, cohort? As you mentioned, you know, at the American Hip Institute, um, you guys uh, do a lot of hip scopes and see a wide range of hip pathology. Um, and so is it strictly a matter of age or a matter of, you know, the, you know, maybe stretching the indications for a hip scope uh, in some of those patients? Or are there other factors at play, you think? Uh, I think there's a number of factors involved here. First being that uh, the majority of patients were male, approximately two-thirds, close to two-thirds of um, 65%. Males tend to have larger cam deformities, which has been correlated with more cartilage damage. So despite uh, including out patients graded uh, tonus two and higher, at the time of arthroscopy, 46% had uh, grade three or higher ALAD lesions, and um, 40% had grade three or higher outer bridge classification on the acetabular side of the joint. The other, the other factor being that basketball is a very challenging sport on your joint. A lot of hard stop, start, cutting, pivoting, twisting, and on a pre-arthritic or early arthritic joint that's a difficult sport to return to. Absolutely. I think that's a great point. That was actually going to be one of my questions. Do you think that 
some of the results might differ. And you guys, I think, have published some data on some different sports. I think soccer being one of them, maybe even football as well. Do you think that, that some of these results after hip arthroscopy might differ for other sports or maybe in particular sports that require significant repetitive hip flexion, such as rowing or gymnastics? Or do you think by doing the hip arthroscopy, taking care of the cam or the combined cam and pincer lesions and that sort of thing, that doesn't matter which sport it is, even if they – you know, require repetitive hip flexion or impact, doesn't matter. What do you think in regards to other sports and if it's generalizable? So we touched on a lot of things there. Um, I think, number one, uh, age probably comes into this. Like I said, the, the larger the cam, probably the higher, or excuse me, the more cartilage damage you have. So if, if you get somebody on the younger side of things, um, as you saw, uh, all five of the high school uh, athletes when returned to play, I think the cartilage damage is probably less and um, the results is probably better in that cohort. I don't think it's just the flexion. Rowing, rowing may involve a lot of hip flexion, but it's all linear, um, whereas basketball involves a lot of that internal external rotation when making moves. And I think that's, that's when um, patients have difficulty returning to sport. Gymnastics, typically in um, most gymnastics patients that we've seen or that I've seen and treated are typically female that have a combination of some generalized ligamentous laxity, maybe some borderline dysplasia. Um, and even though their results may parallel basketball and that's a difficult sport to return to, I think they're probably having a difficult time returning for different reasons. Yeah, that makes sense. What about level of competition? So in this study, about 55% of athletes identified themselves as recreational athletes. Um, so, you know, that's kind of like the general weekend warrior for the most part, probably. Um, but do you think, you know, the, the results are generalizable or would be applicable, you know, at the collegiate or even professional level? Or is that a whole different level of impact, you know, and strength and activity requirements uh, that may potentially change the data? So I think there we get we get more into the problems with return to sport study and and the motivations to return to sport where you know you have you have you're relying on that sport as a as a livelihood um, or a potential livelihood whereas you know weekend warrior recreational uh, athletes are more apt to give that up so I'm not exactly sure that it's that's a hip or hip arthroscopy specific issue. Yeah, definitely. You make a great point about return to sports studies in general. And that's why I think it's always interesting to repair, compare some of these studies like this that include recreational athletes versus some of like the studies in, say, like the NFL database or the Major League Baseball databases that are primarily strictly you know, minor league or professional uh, athletes. Uh, because I think it's, they are definitely different patient populations. But uh, certainly, we all treat a variety of those across different levels of competition and patient populations. So it's it's useful information to have across each of those populations. So this was a relatively uh, short term, you know, minimum two year follow up study. Do you think these results change at all if you take it out to mid and long term follow up? And if so, how? I, I do, and that parallels most of the research and literature on hip arthroscopy in general and that um, we've noticed our results 
slowly declining but maintaining uh, statistical significant improvement over time and bring up a a running a return to running after hip arthroscopy uh, there was a two-year study published um, out of Rush that saw a 90-plus percent return to sport. And then uh, we published a five-year uh, return to running paper that showed that return to sport percentage dropped into the low 80s, upper 70s, um, so just three years later. And with the you know, 10% conversion to total hip, younger patients, uh, I, I would expect the results of this, or excuse me, not the results, the return to sport rate to to decline over time. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. I mean, certainly it's like anything we do in orthopedics, nothing changes terrific results like long-term follow-up, but uh, certainly like as you mentioned before, when you're talking about uh, high impact sports and high impact activities, you kind of always wonder uh, what the long term, not only return to sport, but then longevity of that return to play or that return to sport uh, is. And so did the results of this particular study, did they change the way you or your co-authors practice or approach uh, basketball playing patients or just athletes of this type of level uh, in particular? It, cer it certainly impacted how I'm uh at least educating and talking to patients. If I see a middle-aged male that is uh, interested in basketball and is a candidate for hip arthroscopy, I'll be very, very frank and tell him that that's probably not in his hip's best interest, uh, basketball that is, uh, to continue doing that after surgery. Uh, and I'll emphasize lower impact linear types of activities and if that's something that they are okay modifying and changing in their life then i think hip arthroscopy has a, has a good chance of improving their quality of life and their level of function but if they want to return to basketball they just have to know that it's it's probably one of the higher sports to return to and they possibly are at a higher risk of uh getting a hip replacement at a younger age. So when you say middle age, are you setting that uh, defined age limit, like say age 40, or is it more, is it a general mid-age mid range? I, I use 40 as kind of the bar. However, um, I'll, I'll use imaging and patient specifics to, to dictate that how that conversation goes. I mean, if I see someone in their late 30s who already has tonus one changes, I'll have that same conversation. However, if I see somebody nearly 50 who maybe plays one game of basketball a week and their cam is on the smaller side and uh, there's not really any evidence of pre-arthritic or early arthritic changes, then I may be less apt to have that conversation with them or at least less apt to emphasize it. That's terrific. Yeah, that's those are perfect pointers. I gave up basketball after age 35, so hopefully my hips are good for at least a while and you, uh, you don't have to replace them for me. <laughs> All right. Well, that's terrific information. Uh, Austin, thank you very much for joining me today. Great. Thank you again. I appreciate it.
Dr. Austin Chin's article, Return to Basketball After Hip Arthroscopy Minimum Two-Year Follow-Up, can be found in the October 2019 edition of the Arthroscopy Journal or online at www.arthroscopyjournal.org. That concludes this edition of the Arthroscopy Journal podcast. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy the podcast, please remember to give us a five-star review on your podcast device. Thank you.